All right, good morning, church. So I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. Um, As Thomas mentioned, I run our preschool here and our children's ministry, so usually I'm in the back with the kids, and I'm not out here with you guys, but I'm excited to be here, out here to get to know you guys. Um, Like we said, I do run our preschool here, so that kind of gives me a lot of flexibility in the summer, which I love. I love to travel. I love to um, see new places, and I find myself often seeking out water, especially in the summer, right? Like, it's hot. So we go to beaches, we go to lakes, but even when I travel in Ohio, I find myself looking for a hike with a waterfall, a creek, something like that, looking for water. So as I was preparing to speak with you guys today, and I'm near the water, I was thinking about water sports. (laughs) So does anybody here, I know this is a weird question, we live in Ohio, has anybody here ever tried surfing or bodyboarding, kneeboarding, any of the, any of the water sports? Yes. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible, terrible at the water sport things, especially surfing, surfing, bodyboarding, but my dad is actually really good at bodyboarding. We take these boards out and you walk them out And then if you catch the wave just right, you ride it all the way in to the surf. Thomas, I appreciate your nod. (laughs) So if you catch it right, right, if you catch it at just the right time, I usually catch it a little bit late. And so then it crashes on my body and bashes me into this sand. I'm really not good at this sport. But the intent is if you catch it just right, you'll ride it all the way into the sand. And when you're surfing, much the same, you catch it just right, and you can ride the wave for as long as you want to, right? But if you catch it late, you can get hurt. If you catch it early, nothing really happens. It doesn't take you anywhere. Your timing is off. So to be good at this sport, you you have to have good timing. And I was thinking about how life works much that same way. A lot depends on our timing. There's a natural ebb and flow, times when we have to wait, times when we need to move quickly and we need to move immediately. And the Bible has a lot to say about this, about our timing. There's a lot of times that God says, do it now. And there's times too when God says, hang on a second, I'm doing something else, something that you might be unaware of, and wait here with me. Let's think about this. Let's pace ourselves. Moving in God's timing is something that we really try to do here at Vineyard. We call it walking with the Spirit. So when you're able to walk with the Spirit and kind of discern the Spirit's movements and the way that the Spirit is giving different waves, if you're able to catch that wave right, you're going to do exactly what you need to be doing. When you're moving in the kingdom, you're moving in your purpose that God has given you. So this timing that we are trying to learn is important in every detail of our life, spiritually, um, obviously, if we're doing water sports. Ecclesiastes 8.6 says, For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him. I'm reading from the ESV version today, if you want to follow along. Some of our verses are going to be up there on our handy-dandy slides, but there are some I'm just going to spout out at you. So I am pulling from the ESV today. But another version of this verse I thought was really interesting. It says, but we know so little. 
For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him, but we know so little. So there's a time for everything, but this weighs heavy on us as humans because we don't see the whole picture. And what that verse is saying is that we can get it wrong. We can do the right thing at the wrong time. We can do the wrong thing at the right time. And so we want to learn the skill of moving in the spirit and learning how to move in the ways when God wants us to move. The Bible talks a lot about this. It talks a lot about running, which I'm, I'm sure that we've heard. It compares life to a race and tells us over and over again to run. We are to run the race of this life. And if you look at Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry, there is a sense of urgency. In fact, 15 times in the life of Christ, in the Gospels, the word immediately is used to describe something that Jesus did. Jesus immediately does that. Jesus immediately does this. He has a sense of urgency in his life, and Paul was the same way. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. This is talking about fast. This is fast, right? Nobody runs slowly, right? You run in a way to obtain the prize. So this tells us there are times that God wants us to move fast, but the Bible also has a lot to say about when we should move slow and when we should slow down. So we are going to ask those two questions today. When should I move fast and when should I move slow? And that is what we will be looking into. Knowing the difference and being prepared to speed up your life or slow it down as the Spirit is moving is going to make a huge difference in your life. So when does God want me to move fast? Number one, I should move fast when God tells me to do something. I should move fast when God tells me to do something. The Bible gives us lots of instructions for our life, you know, that all of God's commands. And this feels a little bit like, well, yeah, I love God. Of course, I want to do what he asks me to do. Yes. But how often do we say, not right now. That's a great idea, God. But that's not what I wanted to do right now. That is a great command over there. I'll do it tomorrow. I don't have the time today. Or I'm nervous. I don't want to. I don't feel equipped, right? We have a whole list of excuses. And if you are a parent or a teacher, I'm speaking from the perspective of a teacher, you know if you give a child instructions and they're like, yeah, sure, but no thanks, that's considered disobedient. Even if they say, okay, but I'll do it later, there are times where As the adult in the situation, you're like, no, I need you to do it right now. I have the full picture. You, as the child, do not. I need you to do it right now. So that delayed obedience is also disobedience. Let's look at Mark chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, and it says, And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Notice that immediately. They leave their nets. It is important to note here, they are not leaving a day of leisurely fishing. 
They are not leaving a day of a fun excursion out boating. They're leaving their careers. They're leaving their jobs. The Bible says they did it immediately, without hesitation, which is fast. That doesn't say, well, I'm going to catch a few more fish. Hang on, I haven't met my quota today, immediately. Psalms 119.60 says, I hasten and do not delay to keep your commands. Hasten, meaning to hurry. It is now. That is a now word. And often in our culture now, hurry is kind of looked upon negatively, right? If you're hurried, you're worried, you're, you know, you have not, you're ill-prepared. It's looked upon negatively. But when God asks you to do something, he wants you to do it now. And there are a lot of things that God might ask you to do where he's asking you and he's pursuing you in that repeatedly. He is repeatedly asking you to invite someone to church. He is repeatedly asking you to spend time with him every day. But there are times where God asks us to do something where if we don't do it immediately, we miss that wave. We miss that wave, and you're going to get bashed in the sand, or you're going to get left behind from what the Spirit's trying to do. And there are times where these times I feel like are the most, are the times when we think, I don't have the time. I'm in the grocery store. What do you mean that you want me to go talk to that stranger, God? That's weird. I don't have the time, right? Years ago, I found myself traveling up at Lake Erie, more water, and I was in an arcade with friends, and the whole time I was in there, I kept noticing the lady working it. And it's this little old arcade that had been there for like 70 years. And so she had this special little station. Um, it wasn't like you're at like a magic mountain. She had this special little area. And I just kept noticing her. And I kept thinking, I need to go talk to her. And like, that's weird. I'm on vacation with my friends. And I found myself thinking, I don't want my friends to think I'm weird. And I found myself thinking, I don't want her to think I'm weird. And so we get out of the arcade, and I thought, I have to go talk to her. I have to go talk to her. So I would go up to her, and I was like, ma'am, this is going to sound weird. But I feel like God wants me to come and talk to you. Is there anything I can be praying about for you? And she says, Actually, my son died in this freak electrical accident two days ago. How did you know? And I said, I didn't. But it gave me the opportunity to speak with her, to talk with her about God, to talk with her about Jesus, to pray for her, to continue covering her in prayer later. And I am ashamed to say, of all of the times I've had that same feeling, that I thought, not now. And I walked away. I missed that wave. I did not do what I was being commanded to do. But if you catch it just right, friends, you might not have the whole picture. But God does. And you need to do what he's asking you to do immediately or you will miss it. Number two, the second time that the Bible lists that we should move quickly is when we need to ask for or offer forgiveness. This is a hard one. 
There's a lot of reasons that we need to do this. We need to ask for or offer forgiveness. But one of the big reasons, as I was reading about this, is that our bodies are physically not made to carry guilt or resentment or shame. Our physical bodies are not meant to carry that. And as I was researching this, there's a lot of scientific research on this, I kept thinking of this quote that I had heard. And so I'm looking up and I'm Googling the quote. And as I'm looking up this quote, it seems like a lot of people have actually said this. So I'm going to say that I'm quoting Nelson Mandela because he's also said this and that sounds good. But really, a lot of people have been quoting this for many years and it is unforgiveness or resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So some of us might have heard that before. Um, A lot of people have said it. Regardless of where it comes from, though, I think we can all agree that that is a powerful statement. Sitting there and living with that is like drinking poison for yourself and expecting it to affect somebody else, and it's not. It's going to affect your body first. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 5, verses 23 through 24. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Then you come and offer your gift. That's a timing word. That's, that tells you the level of priority that the forgiveness and the receiving or asking for comes. It is intense. That's an intense priority. Stop your worship and go deal with this over here. Because how you treat them is how you're treating me. So leave it and go deal with that and then come back. Right? So we should move fast when God tells us to do something. We should move fast when we need to ask for or offer forgiveness. Number three, the Bible says I should move fast when I feel tempted. When you feel tempted, you should move out of the situation rapidly. We need to have, with temptation, preventative tactics to keep us out of situations where we are maybe doing something that is self-destructive or not God-honoring, but we need to have emergency tactics for when we're in the situation. And the Bible says, do not sit there and argue with Satan. He's been arguing longer than you have, and you will lose. Don't argue. It says to run. In 1 Timothy 6.11, the Bible says, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Flee. That's moving fast. It's like up there with running. Number four, the fourth time when we should move fast, is when we have made a promise to God. When you make a promise to God, you should fulfill it quickly. We have all made promises to God and found ourselves getting lazy, right? We did not always want to uphold our vow that we've made to God, but the Bible says that when we make a promise to God, we need to fulfill it quickly. Ecclesiastes 5.4 says, When you vow a vow to God... 
do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. That's some pretty intense words. I really don't want God to consider me a fool. That's an intense word. God is not happy with fools. We need to do what we have promised him to do. So what have you promised God that you need to fulfill today? Do you need to make a phone call? Do you need to volunteer? Do you need to jump in and join a ministry? Do you need to chat with someone that you told him you'd have a difficult conversation with? So we should move fast when God tells us to do something when we need to ask for or offer forgiveness, when we're running from temptation and when we've made a promise to God. Number five, we should move fast when we have the opportunity to do good. The Bible says this over and over. When we see an opportunity to do something good for someone else, we should not delay and we should not procrastinate. Proverbs 3.27 says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. It's like Nike. Just do it. Just do it. Don't think that you will help someone someday. When you see someone in need and it's in your power to help them, do it now. Do it now. We have lots of excuses. It's kind of like when God gives us a command, right? We have lots of excuses for why we would not do these things. I don't know them. They wouldn't do it for me. Ooh, that's a big one, right? They wouldn't do it for me, so I'm not going to step in there and do it for them. But I have to tell you, friends, the way that you treat other people is not indicative of their treatment of you. It's indicative of how you love God and how you love God will be shown in how you treat the people around you and how you step in to help others. Another big one is that you'll help when things settle down, right? God's been calling you to volunteer at a soup kitchen. He's been calling you to prep baggies to give to people you see in need. He's been prepping you to come here and jump in a ministry and you'll do it as soon as things settle down. Does that go for anybody else? That's me. I think that daily. I am foolish enough to think that daily. But this is what the Bible says. In Ecclesiastes 11.4, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Meaning, if you're waiting for perfect conditions, they're not coming. The perfect conditions are not coming. The things are not settling down. On this side of heaven, those conditions don't happen. So we need to just do it. If you're waiting for that perfect condition to read your Bible every day or to start tithing or get involved in a ministry, you will never do it if you're waiting for those perfect conditions. Another reason for doing these things immediately is because tomorrow is not promised. There is no guarantee. I recently attended a funeral for someone very beloved to myself and my family. Her Bible study group had come over and found her peacefully asleep on the couch. She just went to sleep and did not wake up. This 
is not uncommon. Our time here, our clock, is unknown to us. It is not guaranteed. In John 9, 4, Jesus says, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. We are not guaranteed tomorrow or next week or any block of time here. So if you're putting things off for until things settle down, stop. The Bible says we need to do it immediately. We need to run. We need to run to help others. We need to run to do what God is asking us to do. There is one more time that we're going to talk about for when we should move fast. We should move fast when God offers us salvation. We should move fast when God offers us salvation. And the truth is, some of you might be sitting here and you've been putting this off for a while, right? And you're thinking, well, I intend to one of these days. I'm intimidated to be baptized. I don't know what that commitment entails. But to not decide is to decide. To not decide is to decide. If you're saying not yet to Christ, that's a no. In 2 Corinthians 6-2, the Bible says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. For behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now. That's another quick word. That's right there with running and immediately now. So these are six things that God says, I want you to do rapidly. Run. I want you to do this immediately. When God tells you to do something, when you need to offer or receive forgiveness, when you feel tempted, when you have made a promise to God, when you have the opportunity to do good, and when God offers us salvation. When things come up in your life, we need to do them fast. These things, every time the Bible says do them immediately. So now on the other hand, though, we did talk about that ebb and flow, right? A large part of surfing and waiting for that time is you're waiting for the wave. There's that anticipation, right? There's seasons where there is just calm. You're hanging out. You're waiting. You're watching to see what the Spirit is doing. There's this rhythm and learning this skill is important. So we're going to talk now about some times when we have to move slowly. Because moving slowly and being able to discern the time for that is also an important skill. So number one for when we should move slowly is when we are hurt or angry. We should move slowly when we are hurt or angry. I would add in there if we're depressed or having severe feelings of upset in general, we need to move slowly. So if I were to ask you, and I'm not, because all our hands would raise, and that's upsetting. But if I were to ask you, how many of us have made a bad decision when we were upset? It is 100% of us. Because we do not make good, well-informed decisions when we're making a choice when we are angry or hurt. When we are feeling those feelings, we react we retaliate, we respond, but we aren't thinking through the situation from a good perspective. James 1.19 says, Know this, 
my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And that has, that verse has the word quick in there. We need to be quick to listen, to gain understanding, to figure out all of the perspectives involved in that situation. And what I have learned is, if you master the first two, if you are quick to listen and you are slow to speak, the third kind of falls in line with that. You will be slower to get angry. You're listening, you're taking in the information, you're gaining understanding, you're pondering on the information given to you, and you're processing it before you speak. In that process, the anger doesn't really come. You are slow to get angry if you're following those first two. We are often very slow to listen, and we are quick to speak. Some of us are very quick to get angry, right? That's sticky. But when we are quick to speak and slow to listen, this often causes conflict in all of our relationships, in friendships and our marriages, because we are quick to speak and we are not quick to listen. So it says to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. This is a time when you need to slow down. Proverbs 14, 29 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. I'll give you another one. Proverbs 15, 28 says, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Heart of the righteous ponders The mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. These are strong statements. These are strong statements. I looked up what ponders means. It's a word that we all hear. But I wanted to really dive into that. And the the dictionary defines ponders as think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion, to think about it, to meditate on it. You are carefully considering your words, right? Because we do not want a wicked mouth that pours out evil things. That does not represent Christ to those around us. So we should move slowly when we are hurt or angry or upset. Number two, we should move slowly when making a major decision. We should move slowly when making a major decision. And the Bible has a lot to say about this too. I bet I'm really surprising you with that at this point. Proverbs 21, 29 says, a wicked man puts on a bold face, but the upright man gives thought to his ways. An upright man gives thought to his ways. He ponders them, right? We just talked about that. He's meditating on his decisions, these major decisions. Things like your relationships, finances, career moves, physical moves, geographical moves, right? We should not do these quickly. These are not the times when we should immediately move. We should be pondering them. We should prayerfully consider it. The Proverbs 22.3 says, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. The number one place, statistically, that this happens, unthinkable, impulsive, bad decisions 
is spending. I won't ask you to raise your hand for that one either. But we see the word sale and we just start impulse buying, right? Right? We just did all the back to school sales. We start impulse buying. We do retail therapy, right? And this can get us into trouble. We need to slow down. Proverbs 21, 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Let's be diligent, friends. Between those two, I know which camp I want to be in. We need to ask, what do we need today to do today in order to get to where we want to be this time next year? It takes diligence. It takes intentionality. Number three, we need to be slow when we are waiting for a seed that we have planted to grow. The Bible has a lot to say about sowing and reaping. The harvest, when you plant your seed and then you reap a crop, it happens in every aspect of your life. If you plant kindness, you reap kindness. If you plant joy, you reap joy. If you plant gossip, you reap gossip. If you plant anger, you reap anger. So whatever you sow in your life, you will get back. But in planting, there's a delay in between the planting and the harvest. There's a delay between the reaping and the sowing. You don't put a seed in the ground and the next day you have an apple tree, right? There's, there's a pause. I feel like we see this a lot with children. I might feel like that because I'm always with the children. But I feel like we see this a lot when we're planting things in their lives. And there's that delay. Until you see the kid that was three, that you were telling about how much Jesus loves them. And you see them as a high schooler telling other kids about how much Jesus loves them. And you think, yes, we did it. We did it, right? But there's a delay. There's years where you are waiting to sow what you reaped, that seed in someone, right? So I'm going to read a passage because I feel like I can't give a sermon on timing and not read the whole passage, but we are going to hone in on a piece of it. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 5, is a famous passage in Scripture about God's timing For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. And so this passage starts off really strong, right? For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. But we are going to hone in on verse 2, where it says, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. This is the law of sowing and reaping. Everything in life starts as a seed, an idea, a dream, an actual seed, right? But unless that seed is planted, nothing happens. And once the seed is planted, we do not get to harvest immediately. But we do get to decide the kinds of seeds that we will plant. 
right? I have a lot of friends that garden, and they map out their garden. They're intentional. Over here, we're going to have the peppers, and over here, we're going to have the corn, and over here, we're going to have this that goes well with this, and they feed off of each other, and they grow well together, right? We do the same in our life. If you choose to sow kindness, you will reap kindness. And if you choose to sow in other people anger or selfishness, you will reap that as well. This is the law of planting, this, this law of, of delay. There is another one, a law of abundance, right? We do not plant a kernel of corn and grow a kernel of corn. We plant one kernel of corn, and it grows a whole stock that has multiple ears of corn and potentially thousands of kernels of corn, right? There is a law of abundance there. You always get back in multiplication what you are sowing. Some of you have been planting good seeds in your life. You've been sowing seeds of kindness and generosity in others. And you're spending time in his word and doing all of the things that God wants you to do, but you're not seeing that harvest yet. You feel like you're not reaping it yet. And for those of you that feel that way, or maybe discouraged because of this delay between your sowing and your reaping, I have a verse for you. Habakkuk 2.3 says this, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens us to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. There's a pause between our sowing and our reaping. That's normal. It is, it is hard to not feel discouraged in that delay, but God says, if it seems slow, wait for it. There's times to go fast and times to go slow, but we always need to trust God's timing and work in the waves of the Spirit. In that rhythm, friends, there's a pace to life, that ebb and flow, so sometimes we need to go fast, but not always fast. And sometimes we need to go slow, but not always slow. I'm going to have us um, pray for our service here. And then I think Thomas is going to come up and pray for us for our offering. Let's bow our heads together, please. Lord, I want to thank you for all these people that are here today. Help us to be sensitive, to walk in your spirit, and to know when to speed up to know when you are speeding up and when to slow down, to know when to go fast and know when to be patient and wait. Help us to walk in your spirit, both in the steps of our life and the stops of our life. In Jesus' name, amen.